You're listening to The World Is Just A Book Away podcast. I'm James Owens, founder and CEO of The World Is Just A Book Away, a nonprofit organization on a mission to promote literacy and education by developing libraries and programs in disadvantaged communities around the world. For more information about The World Is Just A Book Away, please visit www.wejaba.org. That's W-I-J-A-B-A dot org. My guest today on the World is Just a Book Away podcast is Nancy Ellen Dodd, author of The Writer's Compass, an amazing book about taking an idea from story map to finished draft in seven stages. During our conversation, Nancy and I discuss her journey in life from her marriage at 14 and having four children, to starting her bachelor's later in life, to her current roles as writer, university instructor, and editor with two master's degrees in writing from the University of Southern California. Throughout her life, Nancy has always turned to the inspiration she derives from books and from writing across genres that include fiction, nonfiction, plays, and screenplays. Today, I'm very excited to have my dear friend and author, Nancy Ellen Dodd, with me on our podcast, The World is Just a Book Away. Welcome, Nancy. Hi, James. It's good to be with you. I want to uh, I want to tell the readers that we've been friends since probably around 1998, I think, or, yes. or mm-hmm. and, and we graduated from the master's in writing program at USC together in 2002. Is that right? Am I remembering right? I think it was 2000, 2001 or 2002. Somewhere around there. Yeah. And uh, Nancy, uh, Nancy Ellen Dodd, who is the author of The Writer's Compass, Nancy uh, A.G.S. Johnson, the author of The Sausage Maker's Daughters, and I have been in the same writing group since uh, since 2002. And that's why we're having our monthly meeting tomorrow to talk about our next writing projects. Nancy, I want to start talking a little bit about your life journey, because that's one of the things that interests me the most. And I think that is the most inspirational, because a lot of people think things or life has to function in a linear way, and you are obviously living proof that it doesn't have to function in a linear way. So I'm just going to give a little bit of backstory. Nancy ran away uh, and got married at the age of 14 and had her first child at the age of 15. Uh, Nancy, you have four children, right? Yes. And numerous grandchildren. And you did not go to get your bachelor's degree uh, until you were in your 40s, right? It took me about 10 years. So I probably started in my 30s, and then I finished it in my 40s. And, um, And then has proceeded to go on to get the master's in writing, the master's in uh, theater. Is it, uh, what was your second master's in? It was an MFA in uh, playwriting at the School of Theater at USC. The the MFA in playwriting. And you're currently doing your uh, doctorate. Yes. And along with that, Nancy's published in numerous magazines, written screenplays, uh, written and produced a a wonderful short film, 
and is an editor at uh, at Pepperdine. Is she teaches, and as I said, continues to write and does her and is doing her doctorate. So clearly, you are a very busy person. I try to be. It's the only way to stay out of trouble, you know. <laughs> well, uh, what? Now, this is not a normal, uh, or I don't want to use the word normal. It's not a typical path that someone has, first of all, for, for someone to have a child that young in life and then uh, have more children and start in education later uh, and then go on to the degree you are. I believe less than 2% of the country has doctorates. I wanted, I want to go back to the early days because I know how much important the how important the written word is to you and you have such a gift with it what what importance did books play if any in your early life so in preparation for this and you know, I was trying to remember some of the books I've read because you know I've moved on and I started thinking about them and you know I loved books I remember being uh, I lived in a really small town uh, one of the reasons probably I ran away and got married. Uh, and we had a little tiny library in that town. And I remember being in that little library and um, perusing the shelves and looking for books I wanted to read. And then we had the school library. We had a really good school there. And, um, you know, looking, always looking for books and and reading. And uh, I, I loved books. I loved I love books that were imaginative and, and opened me up to new new ideas and new places and new things. And I know I read a lot of nonfiction, but my favorite, I, and biographies, but I think my favorite were fiction books. And can you think of any, uh, do you remember any from that time that really touched you? Well, yeah, and I don't know why, but so there was the Miss Pickerel series. Um, you know, it's kind of like, Kids have series today they love. That was a popular series. And then there was the um, Mrs. Piggle Wiggle series. And then, of course, the Nancy Drew series. And then I loved, like, Paul Bunyan and Pecos Bill and, and of course, Little Women and Little Men. So, you know, all the, the popular storybooks of the time. And did you, did you spend a lot of time reading as a child? I think I did, yeah. I think uh, I spend a lot of time imagining. So I spend a lot of time in my head and imagination. So I love books that kind of, um, that, that were filled with fantasy and adventure and creativity and, and stimulated my imagination. Would you say that the path that you, uh, that you have gone on, the path that you are on, is it different from what people would have expected in the small town you grew up, you grew up in? I think so. Yeah. I, I think so. Um, I was considered bright. My teachers would be frustrated with me because I didn't care about school and I only did what I had to do. And, uh, I, I remember my eighth grade teacher, I guess, complained to my mother that I could be doing so much more. And then it was like a year later, I ran away to get married. Mm. Um, and it was, it took me a long time to kind of settle down and want to go back to school and, and 
do something more. And where did that come from? Where, where, where do you think that desire comes from? Is it, do you think it was always there from your imagination in your childhood or did it evolve later in life? Um, I think it evolved. And, and so one of the things that happened is I came to a point in my thirties and I started praying that God would help me to take the steps to find my purpose in life. And a week later, and during that time, I had been trying, working for years on my bachelor's degree because I was new. I needed to get more education than what I had. And and at like, you know, 17, 18, 19, I was getting an um, AA degree in a community college. So now this is years later and, and I wanted to go back and finish. And, and I had said this prayer and a friend of mine who was actually speaking at a writer's conference gave me a. Uh, she said, would you like to come? I have an extra pass conference ticket. And I said, yeah, I'd love to. And it was something I couldn't afford because, you know, I was married and I had all these kids and stepkids and, you know, it was working all the time. So then another friend said, I'll go with you and share the expenses. So this made it very affordable. So while I was there, I met a television screenwriter who was teaching at USC in the Master's of Professional Writing Program. And, and I went to some of his lectures and I said, I, I want to learn from you. I, I just loved his philosophy so much. And he said, well, you have to be at USC. I That's where I teach. And I said, you know, I mean, that was just, and he said, if you want to go, I'll help you get in. So I sent, he said, here's my, card with my number and fax number and so I faxed him a letter and saying you know I was interested and, and I thought about it and thank you so all of this happened in a very short span of time so I didn't hear back from him and I thought oh well he was just talking and then a couple weeks later I get an a pa- admission packet to USC and the secretary um, calls me and says you know did you fill out your packet and are you coming? And she said, Sai wants to meet with you. He wants you to come see his class uh, and see how it operates. And, and then he wants to meet with you afterwards. And I said, I don't know how I can afford this. And she said, fill out the paperwork. The money will come. And so I did. And so I'm still getting my bachelor's degree at this time. And this is like the fall semester. I start in January in the master's program and in that same semester, I'm still finishing my bachelor's degree, but they kind of waived a lot of things to um, allow me to come into the program. And, and I studied with Cy and it was, and I met you, I think we met, what, the first or second semester. And um, so it was really, really a great experience. And then you helped me to get a, a job at USC, which was a great opportunity for me. And life just sort of took off. <laughs> in a diff- whole different direction than what I've been going. Yeah, and I, I really want to honor you for uh, what I recall from that time because as, as I recall from that time, you you moved to L.A. You didn't really know where you were going to live. You didn't really know, uh, and you didn't really know how you were going to pay for the program, and you, but you really followed your heart and your, your mission. And I, I think for me the message in that and what I'd like – to, to share with the readers because I've been reflecting on this about this in my own about my own life of late is that if you have a heartfelt dream and if you really feel your calling 
don't let other people tell you you're too young, you're too old, you're too poor, you're you're too uneducated. You don't have your bachelor's yet. You can't get a master's or how are you going to pay for USC? Don't let people tell you that your dreams are unachievable. And I think you are living proof of the fact that they are. Well, thank you. And, and I, I do think that's true. I mean, I do think, you know, God has a direction for me. And once I said, help me get on that path, then just everything changed. And, and I just been going on a path ever since. And a lot of it's been very unexpected. And um, like getting the PhD now, I thought I was too late in life to get a PhD. And um, I felt like God opened the door and gave me a little pat and said, go on, go on. So uh, I'm now I'm getting ready to do, I'm working on my dissertation, my prelims for my dissertation. I'll have this summer. So yeah. Um, and, and recently I had someone come to me and, and tell me uh, that they, well, they felt like they were sort of a, sort of a message to give me. And um, they felt like God had kind of given them something to tell me. And the first thing they said is, because I'm thinking at this point, you know, because I have screenplays that I've gotten awards for, but not been produced. And, and he said, um, it, it, age does not matter. And I had just been sitting there. I was at a gathering of people. I'd just been there sitting there thinking, you know, I'm too old for all this. And he said, age doesn't matter. That you, you can do anything. And and uh, and God can make anything happen in your life. So doesn't even think about age. And he didn't know I had been sitting there thinking about age. So clearly, um, you can't let age or the fact you've got a bunch of kids or, you know, the life circumstances. I worked for a very misogynist company, which pretty much, I remember they told me once, the guy I replaced, when I asked about taking his position, they told me, oh, a woman couldn't do that. It was taking inventory of pipes. They said, oh, a woman couldn't do that. And so that's where I was working when all of this started all those years ago. <laughs> so sometimes in my impish moments, I was I was told by my seventh grade math teacher who ate chalk, by the way, for amusement in front of the class. Mm. I was told I was told by him that I wasn't smart enough to take algebra. I, I don't think I, he's living any longer. And of course, he did his best in life. But sometimes in my impish moments, I feel like it would be kind of fun to send a card to those people and include my business card with it and, and uh, you know, thank them for the role they played on the, on the journey. You know, I know several very successful people, as I'm sure you do, who have had a teacher tell them they couldn't do whatever yeah. it was their goal was to do. They would never be good enough to do that. Yep. And, and I, I just really am, am excited to have you here today for many reasons, including that underlying message of anyone who's listening and is being told you can't do it. You can do it if it's if it's your dream and if it's your calling. It doesn't mean it's easy. I think both both you and I can attest to that in life. It, it, it requires a lot of hard work. It doesn't mean it's easy, but it can be it can be done. A lot of Hard work and a lot of discouragement and a lot of, um, am I really on the right path? Yeah. Am I really doing the right thing? But then on the other hand, the people who come to you and say, yes, you are doing the right thing. Yes, we know that you're on the right, you know, 
I mean, you're, you may not have the confidence, but we can see it. Yeah, absolutely. And you and I have both experienced that. And mm-hmm. I was working I was working at the Career Center at the time at USC before mm-hmm. I became faculty. And um, it, very fortuitous, well, you could say fortuitous or divine timing, uh, we needed to hire a receptionist. And that was your first role at USC. And then I remember when you came to me and said you were going from that role to being editor of the magazine at Marshall. Mm-hmm. and uh, the Marshall School of Business at USC, which you did a beautiful job of for many years. And and then the interconnectivity of life again, because then you provided me with the opportunity to write for uh, the magazine and and you you gave the green light to my CEO column when I interviewed 35 Fortune 500 CEOs and the columns we did together. So I just find all that very interesting. Yeah. And that was such a great experience and, and a lot of, a lot of fun. And I think that was in some ways kind of a door opener for you because um, you just made so many contacts and I'm sure you had made some contacts before them, but, but then you had a purpose because you were doing these interesting interviews and, and writing about them and connecting with them. And, and I, I think, that's maybe part of what led you to some of the things you've done since. Absolutely. And the interviews and giving me confidence that I could interview the CEO of Staples or of UPS or Boeing mm-hmm. and these very large companies and do it with confidence and write about it and really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's part of the message I wanted, one of the reasons I wanted you, uh, to, to have you here today. And I want to go through some other just uh, questions about reading. Then I want to talk a little bit about your book. Um, why do you think literacy is important? Why is reading important? Well, well you know, it, it opened up the world so much. There's a, a line in a movie, um, I think it's Love Comes Softly, and she's a teacher, and the little girl she's teaching, her, her stepdaughter doesn't want to read, doesn't want to learn to read. And she says, okay, fine, if you don't want to have adventures. And she said, because... You can go anywhere and be anything and do anything and have great adventures when you're reading. And I think that just is a great way to describe opening the world to people and seeing things you didn't see before and different perspectives and uh, different ways of, of life and different types of imagination and different people who've lived and their experiences and what they've learned and you know, I, I when I I have a hard time when I read a book now, and I, I'm I'm reading several, of course, partly because of this, the dissertation. But I just was uh, reading a book called Collective Genius, and I get into it. I don't know, twenty twenty five pages, and I read something that totally changes my perspective, and I'm now looking at my job and approaching it in a different way because of a few paragraphs in a, in this book other books i've read totally changed my direction my problem is you know they they send me off on i get so many ideas from reading so many interconnectivity with the world and people and ideas and the challenge is staying focused on yes. one, one thing at a time. And I know we, we've had so many conversations about this because you'll come in to one writer's meet. You're the most prolific 
writer I know personally, you'll come in with a short story and then with the play and then with screenplay <laughs> and, 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 uh, and keeping it. And it's, I'm the same way the, I'll read something in a book and it will start me thinking about an idea. And lately I've been thinking about launching a blog and I, I know exactly what you mean. And both of us, I, I, uh, I need to add both, both of us will stay focused on getting the dissertation done because that truly is a major hurdle in life. You, you mentioned the collective gene. It's collective genius is the title of the book. Yes. And are, are you reading anything else right now that you would recommend to our listeners? I'm reading a book called uh, down to earth as part of my devotional process. It's by Tom Hughes and it's, taking the parables, Jesus parables, and explaining them and applying them to life that just as many times as I've read the parables, it's just um, really, really been informative about my life and uh, perspective. So I'm reading that. Um, I'm reading the book by David Boshi uh, on storytelling organizational practices. Um Gosh, right. I love fiction. Right now, all my favorite fiction authors, are they're waiting for me to buy their next book because I've got too many other books I have to read. And, and uh, who, who, can, you, can you tell us an author or one of your favorite authors of fiction? Um, Tom, um, oh gosh, Clive Kessler, um, Douglas Preston, and oh, I can't think of his... I can't think of his co-authors for last name's child. And I always confuse his name with Lee child. Lee child's another one. Um, I like it. I like action adventure books. Mm. Um, let's see. There's several other ones. Those are the top ones. And, and, uh, I'd love to, I'd love to see the, uh, if you could bring it tomorrow, I'd love to see the book on parables down to earth. You said by Tom Hughes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'd love that. That's something I'd like to take a look at. Let's um, let's go. Let's switch or or move along to your book, the writer's okay. the writer's compass, from story map to finish draft in seven stages, by Nancy Ellen Dodd, and I have with me my signed copy from you, which, as you know, is on the shelf of authors I know who sign books for me in my dining room. So I'm, I'm very careful with this particular copy, but I, I want to say, and genuinely, and I know you, you know, I mean this genuinely, this is the best book I've ever read about how story functions and how to turn for anyone listening who is wondering how do I turn my idea into a story or who's struggling with structure. This book, The Writer's Compass uh, by Nancy Ellen Dodd is the best book I've ever read about story structure. Thank you. Thank you. You uh, Can you tell us a little bit about the book, how it came into being and what your intention is with the book? So I had been collecting for years uh, questions and there's a big part of the book, it's called uh, Exploring Ideas, that's um, asking questions, helping authors ask questions. And the point of the questions are to help the analytical side of your brain to become creative. So by challenging, by asking questions about your story and challenging 
your brain to analyze those questions and come up with an answer, you're helping the analytical side of your brain to be more creative. I hope that made sense. Um, so while I was in, I'd been collecting these for, you know, decades. And when we were in the Masters of Writing program, I was going through, I, you know, of course, we read a million books on writing. And, you know, I must have hundreds of books on writing and screenwriting and playwriting. And But anyway, I started thinking if I could kind of track a structure of all the different things people should, all the, the, the authors who teach writing say you should do in order to, you know, fill gaps in your writing. If I could create a chart with all of that, like a plot line, I would not have holes anymore in my stories. I would, I would be able to fill in the holes. Well, in the process of doing that, I'm finding, wow, everybody's saying the same thing. They're just using different terminology. So I went through and sort of plotted a structure. I call it a structure chart, which I show you how to do, and a, a structure map, which is your ideas actually laid out. And just kind of combine the ideas down to a few essential elements you need to tell a good story. And so this kind of was coming about added with other work I'd done to the work we did in our master's program. And I started putting all these ideas together and I had created like a workbook. And, um, and I remember after I graduated from the master's program, people would say to me, you know, you got something out of that program we missed. Show us what you got out of it. And then I started teaching. When I came to Pepperdine, about a year after I was here, I came as an academic editor of a peer-reviewed journal and at the Grazio Business School. And so about a year after I was here, I had an opportunity to teach screenwriting. And so I started putting all of those ideas together and I started creating um, sheets with the questions that I'd been collecting for my students to use to help them write screenplays. So I had developed all these questions and then I had developed stages. So each stage of writing, uh, when you're writing, so there's the idea stage and there's the structure stage and there's the character stage. So there's like seven stages to build your writing because that's always one of the big problems with writers is how much revision do you do? Well, if you go through and do it in stages, it's far fewer revisions and it's it's more focused effort on your project and you know what to do you know what the next stage is you know what you should be looking for in this stage so that you can focus on that so that when you're doing your draft your new draft you're focusing on something specific and then the next stage builds on top of that stage like a house building a foundation and then you put up the walls and then you add you know your plumbing and and so you're building. A, did that answer your question? Yes. And then and then you've you went from publishing the book to I believe teaching workshops around yes. uh, this mm -hmm. concept, and uh, and in, in even internationally. So a, a question I'd like to ask uh, about about the book, in, in your opinion, is if someone's listening and they have an idea of the story uh, of a story and they think as probably all writers do I in the beginning at least I'm not a writer I can't get this done I don't know how to do it in your estimation can someone who doesn't have experience as a writer could they pick up your book follow the stages follow the system follow the maps and could they turn their idea into 
a story and have you seen that happen? Um, I, yes, I think they can. And I have had people tell me it's made a significant difference in their book or that they've gone back and rewritten their book with a fresh approach using this uh, method. Um, this is what I teach my screen. I teach advanced screenwriting and I use part of the book. I only have one semester, but my students have to write a 90 page screenplay, a first draft. And so they use part of this book to help them do that. So they go from having a story. We go through the stages of developing a story through a first draft screenplay. And I had a student tell me one time, um, she, I ran into her at the bookstore and she said, okay, I could only do 70 pages. I couldn't get to 90. I'm sorry. I can't do 90. And I said, well, okay. And she had the weekend. So she came into class and said, I did it. I did it. I got all 90 pages. I sat down and realized that you had made me think about this book all semester. And so I was able to complete it. And I didn't realize all that was in me. So the process of asking yourself these questions and charting your ideas out is a huge help in figuring out what your idea is, how to expand your idea into a larger story, what you need, where the holes are in your story that you need to fill in. Excellent. And I agree. That's been my experience with it and with your help in editing uh, uh, and giving comments on my own writing. Nancy, before we end, I'd, I'd like to ask a question I, uh, I always ask my uh, people I interview. And that is simply, is, is there anything else you'd like to add for the audience? Well, you know, I feel I have been really blessed, really blessed. And it, it's not easy. It's, you know, when, when you have something you want and it's this goal that's unobtainable, there's a lot of times it still feels unobtainable. But when you're seeking a goal that matches where your heart is, there's so much reward just in doing the work of it. You know, even though you may not yet be at that point that you say, this is my marker of success, just doing the work and working towards your goal, there's a lot of joy in that. I I have less time to write now because of the dissertation and the some other things, but the days I can sit and write, I'm so filled with joy. I, I just love the process. And so I think that's so important to be able to focus on, find, find your God-given talents and gifts and focus on those and keep going. Yeah, absolutely. What a, what a beautiful message and what a, what a beautiful note to end on. Nancy Ellen Dodd, uh, author of The Writer's Compass, which our listeners can find on Amazon. Thank you so much for being uh, my friend, my, uh, my partner in, uh, in the writing group, and thank you so much for joining us today on The World is Just a Book Away podcast. 